This is Brother John Metter, and I greet you in the precious name of Jesus, and I pray everyone's doing well today. And we want to encourage you to continue on in prayer with us on a nightly basis. We're seeing God move, and I'm encouraged about what God is doing, uh, trying to bring peace in the earth, and this is one of the things we're praying for. And so it doesn't matter, like I've said, everybody wants to look at who's doing this and who's doing that, but it's not who's doing this and who's doing that. It's God's hand working in the earth to prepare this earth for a mighty visitation of the Holy Ghost. And this only happens when people pray and God is in control, and God is in control of every circumstance, and He's in control of every situation. So we need to keep praying for God to uh, bring peace to the earth. And that's what the Bible says. says that it's good that men live peaceably together as far as possible. So we're striving to see God move and bring peace in the earth. Because we know that a visitation of the Holy Ghost likened unto the day of Pentecost is upon us. And once this happens, revival and a working of the Spirit of God is going to go throughout the earth and I want to talk to you today you know I've been talking to you about the kingdom of God and about the power and the authority that God wants to bring to this earth and place in his vessels and place in the uh, spiritual leaders of the earth and I'm going to go to the gospel of Luke and I'm going to go to chapter 4 and you know I'll talked a lot last week about the kingdom and the coming forth of the kingdom and how all that Jesus preached was the gospel of the kingdom. Well, I want to look at Luke 4, and this is where Jesus began his ministry. And it says here in Luke 4 and 14, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him throughout all the regions round about, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for it to read. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This is where Jesus started his earthly ministry and everything he listed here in that 18th verse is a attribute and a power and authority that comes with a manifestation of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God being revealed in man. Because you're not going to do anything of yourself. This is not for your glory. This is for his glory to be revealed in you and through you. What did Paul say in Romans 8 uh, when he said, The sufferings of this present time 
are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. There is a glory of the resurrected Christ that will be revealed in you, that will work through you, but it is not for your glory. It is for His glory. It is for the Christ to be revealed in you and to break forth and to come forth in you so that what we read here in Luke 8, 4 and 18 can happen. Look what it says again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. If we read this and we know that the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of the Lord, we know that the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of the resurrected Christ. So here, if you want to read it like this, the Spirit of the resurrected Christ is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. I'm putting this forward in our day after the uh, outpouring of the Holy Ghost at the day of Pentecost because that is what we receive, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost. So we have come to do what he did, only we're going to do it in a greater power, a greater authority, a greater dominion, that because of the revealing and the coming forth of the kingdom, because Jesus said in John 14, and I believe it's 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. There is a revealing of a greater authority and power and an anointing that comes from the fuller measure of the resurrected Christ and has ever lived in man any time in history. So Jesus is saying here, if we want to paraphrase it to our day, the Holy Ghost is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Well, there the gospel is, the gospel of the kingdom, a gospel of power, authority, of dominion. And he said in the very next part of this, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You can't heal the brokenhearted. You can counsel the brokenhearted. You can try to rehabilitate and work with, but only the Spirit of God can go in and heal a shattered soul, a spirit that's been wounded, a spirit that's been broken down, a spirit that life experiences has taken its toll on. Only the Spirit of God can go in and heal this that has broken a man's spirit. So it's saying here he sent me to heal the broken in hearted or the broken in spirit and to preach deliverance to the captive. There are many things that that bind and hold captive. It ain't just drugs and addictions. It can be food. It can be there are many different addictions in our uh uh in our society. People are bound with depression. They're bound with anxiety. All these things have come on a nation that slowly has forgotten God and turned their hearts and minds away from God. When I grew up in the 50s and 60s and into the 70s, being a young man growing into my teen years and 
and on up. We did not have a government divided like we have now. Yes, we had parties, but people were not adversely divided the way they are now. It's a power struggle now. People had their ideas, but we had a nation in the 50s that feared God, that walked with God. We had just come through a major war, and God uh, was working in our nation the whole time our troops were overseas. Mamas was praying, families was praying, churches was praying, and all that prayer brought a mighty visitation of the Holy Ghost. As soon as the war was over in the late 40s, God began to visit the earth with a revival of divine healing, which we call the healing revival, which was in the late 40s, all through the 50s, and into a good part of the 60s. God moved with great gifts and anointings of healings to help people. So here the Lord is saying that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. <laughs> I'm sorry, excuse me, the good news that men's sins are forgiven and that power and authority and dominion over Satan, sickness, sin, disease is being revealed to man that he does not any longer have to serve Satan. And he's doing it right here in his domain on the earth. He sent me to heal the broken in spirit or the broken hearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to set people free from all these bondages and sicknesses and diseases that's had men bound, and recovering of sight to the blind. That is natural blind and that is spiritual blind. There are more people that need spiritual eyesight, I believe, than there are that need natural eyesight, but I believe in the healing of both, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. I was talking uh, to a man just the other day, and he was telling me how he had talked to an elder minister that uh, had lived in the area where he was pastoring. And he said, I was here back in the 70s. And he said, people in this area trusted in man he said i could walk five miles from your church in a uh radius and he said i could uh take you to enough people that would fill your church up probably two or three times over he said they just sit home he said they love god in their heart said but they've been so hurt by man they've been so wounded and they have been so disillusioned by man because they trusted in man and uh, and took their eyes off of Jesus. He said, people are out there, they're hurt, they're wounded. And here the Lord is saying to set at liberty them that are bruised. You know, the Bible talks in Proverbs something about a man that is wounded in his uh, spirit is harder to win uh, than a strong city. Uh, the bars of a castle, I believe it says, it binds a man. The, the wounds of the heart, the wounds of the spirit bind people. And some of you today, you may be listening to this. You may have had a preacher hurt you or you may have had a Christian or a believer or somebody that calls himself a believer hurt you or wound you. Do not let what that individual done to you destroy your walk with God. 
The enemy brings these things to keep you from coming into a relationship with God, from coming to that place where you can walk with God. But this gospel of the kingdom that I've been talking about, this gospel that is on its way, that is being restored, there is a restoration, and we are going to see God is setting in order. Just like he had to set in order when Jesus walked this earth, he had to lay a foundation for witnesses, for somebody to take this gospel forward. When he poured out the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, there had to be a people prepared that had been given experience and wisdom and knowledge and understanding to be able to go forward with what he poured out on the day of Pentecost. And I've said it many times, if the Lord were to visit us like he did on the day of Pentecost, and pour out of that spirit, there would be nobody hardly with the experience to move forward in what God had done. But he had witnesses prepared. He had people prepared on that day of Pentecost. And when he poured out of his spirit in that upper room, I'm going to keep saying this till somebody hears me and somebody believes me. He did not pour this out on the lay members of the church. He did not pour out his spirit just for people to talk in tongues. But he anointed, he gave gifts unto men. He gave administrations and offices. And I'm going to go over here to uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Give me just a second. And I am going to expound on this. And I am going to bring this in and so I can try and help you understand what the Spirit of the Lord done on that day. It didn't just pour out the Spirit of the resurrected Christ so that people could go around talking in tongues. It poured out the Holy Ghost and brought in gifts. And we'll just go back to verse 1 where Paul starts out and says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. The Lord does not want his people ignorant about his word or the working of his spirit or the working of the gifts. And he goes on down to verse 4 and he said, there are, Now there are diversities of gifts, but it is the same spirit. There are diversities of the gifts, that means differences. The gifts differ. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. Probably, if you want to uh, be technical, the Bible talks about gifts, not just one gift, but gifts of healing. Are you understanding what I'm saying? There's a working of miracles. There's a the gifts of healing. So there's more than one gift of healing. But anyway, in verse 4, Paul is writing here, now there are diversities or difference of the gifts, but it all comes by the same Lord or by the Spirit of the Lord. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Your administrations are your government. Just like in our government in this country, we got president, vice president, speaker of the house, we got our senate, we got our congress. There are differences of administrations. Everybody has their job. We have, we, we should have, and what God is wanting to restore is the 
prophets, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. I've never seen so many churches operate with only part of the administration. Our government would never work if it operated without our president and vice president and our uh, our leaders of our administration. Well, the church is in operation now without the leadership of the administration. This is you, this is the reason you don't see government. You don't see leadership. You see people going off and doing things they have no business doing, walking to offices that they've not been appointed to. They've not been ordained by God to walk in. You don't go to a church and then get upset because things ain't going your way and then go out here and start a church and call yourself a pastor. All you're doing is divide Dividing the body of Christ further. You are dividing because of your anger. You are dividing because of your discontent. You are dividing because of the wounds and the upsetness in your spirit. I've seen this for over 60 something years. People dividing the body of Christ and going out and doing things and stepping into offices or an evangelist goes somewhere and have good revivals and then uh, get excited or stirred up about it. And because the offerings are good and the people receive them well, they go somewhere in that area and start a church and settle down there and try to become pastors. You cannot do that by the working of the Spirit of God. It's out of order. God has apostles to set and ordain churches. That is what the apostolic ministry done when God in Acts 13 sent Paul and Barnabas, sent them forth by the Holy Ghost. That's what they done. They went out and they went in cities. And Paul didn't go in a city for a week or two weeks or three weeks, but he tarried in places uh, for a year, year and a half, and two years. And he stayed there, and he worked, and he labored, and he uh, worked there in the city, and he prayed, and he fasted, and he ordained elders. And that's what I was looking for. And uh, let me see here. I believe it's in Acts. Yes, 14 and 22. Uh this Paul here is confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and they, we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. You don't just walk into this kingdom. It is uh, must be entered into through much tribulation. And look what it says in verse 23. This is Paul and Barnabas, I'm pretty sure. And... uh and when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. So everywhere that Paul and them went, they didn't just go there and spend a week or two weeks. They spent days, they spent months, sometimes year, 
year and a half, two years in a place. You can read about Paul's ministry, and there's places he spent two and three years. What was he doing? Establishing churches. You just don't go out and start a church. You just don't go in a home or go in a building and bring people together and come in and shout and sing and pray and worship. Yes, you do that, but doctrine has to be preached to established people. People have to be established in the faith. They have to be rooted and grounded and settled and established in the faith. And that's what Paul and Barnabas done. And then Paul and Silas did among the Gentiles. And uh, Peter done among the uh, Jews and the other uh, apostles. They work to establish the people in the faith and get them rooted, get them grounded, get them established and settled. And Paul said that you could always abound in the work of the Lord, being rooted, grounded, established, settled in the faith, that you may always abound in the work of the Lord. But let me go back to where I was in 1 Corinthians 12 uh, and verse 6. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. That means you are given the gifts that benefit you. You are given the gifts that will best uh, accent or help your ministry. When I was an evangelist, I used faith, healings, and miracles more than I used anything else. There were times that the Spirit of the Lord would anoint me and I would use prophecy, I would use uh, tongues, I would use the gift of interpretation, but I had to have uh, the gifts of wisdom, another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit and discerning of spirits. I have all nine gifts operating in my life and they are... Uh, like I said, the uh, ministry of an evangelist uses faith, healings, and miracles. At least it did with me. When the Lord called me to be a pastor, I learned discerning of spirits. I already had it to a degree, but uh, discerning of spirits, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, they became more and more prevalent in my life that I would be able to minister to people because when you're around people all the time, that uh, are your flock or the sheep of the congregation, that you have to have these gifts operating in you to be able to minister them on a daily basis or a weekly basis to help them through their troubles and their trials and their battles and their warfares. And so, God, these these are the gifts. These are the anointings. This is what the Lord poured out in the church in uh, the book of Acts, in the uh, outpouring on the day of Pentecost, and we don't see this anymore. And the Lord goes on and talks about the body. Paul talks about the one body, the many members, and how everybody needs to come together and find their place and find that working in the body of Christ. And he goes on down to verse 28, and he says... And God has set some in the church, first apostles. Your apostolic ministry is first set in the church for the foundation, for the government, for the leadership, for doctrine, for teaching, for edifying. 
And it says, first apostles, secondarily prophets. After this, thirdly teachers. A lot of people have said there's not much difference between pastors and teachers. And I would agree because in Ephesians 4, Paul didn't divide. He said pastors and teachers. He didn't divide the working of that gift. But we're not going to get in here and start splitting hairs. But he uh, talked and he said, Thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles, uh, which I would say is in your evangelistic ministry, but it needs to be in the church, the gifts of healings. There's your plural. But then he went on and said, After this, helps governments and diversities of tongues. All these fell on the day of Pentecost. And the reason it didn't fall on the church is the church, the lay member, the body had not been established yet. This was the governing ministries because by the time the sun went down that day, there were 3,000 people to be ministered to, baptized, edified, exhorted, uh, begin to teach. So, there was a great need for the ministry to be established first. And then the lay members of the church were established. The church was established when that 3,000 on that day of Pentecost came together and believed and were baptized in water and was told that they could receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, this is Brother Metter, and I see that our time is gone again today. I'm really encouraged about what God's doing. We see God touching lives. We see God healing and delivering and bringing people in. And I want to encourage you about this nightly prayer. God is doing so many great things as we gather together as a body, and we gather together in unity, and we pray for God to restore our nation, for God to bring back a working of the Spirit in our nation and in our churches, for God to heal our government, for God to help the leaders of the world and bring them together that the Bible says that we might live a quiet and peaceable life. I am really excited about what God is doing in this situation in North Korea. Do uh I believe everything's just going to fall in place. No, I believe there's going to be some fights and some upsetnesses, mainly because of men. But I believe it is the mind of God and God's will to bring peace in the earth. But this is no time to quit praying. This is a time to bombard the heavens for God to bring our government together, for God to move the divisions and the upsetnesses in our government and bring us together in a unity of the Spirit. That's what Paul talked about in Ephesians 4. He said, strive or endeavor to come into the unity of the Spirit. That takes effort, children. Not always fighting one another, and condemning and criticizing one another, but coming together. Now, if you would like to visit the church you can uh, come out Highway 52 out of L.A.J. going toward Dawsonville. Come out just a few miles. You will pass R.A. Apple House on your left. Come on down about another mile. Big Creek Road turns to the left. 
When you turn to the left on Big Creek Road, the Dollar General store will be there on your right. You come out just a little over six miles, you will see our church there on the left at the corner of Big Creek Road and Garland Drive. We are at 90 Garland Drive in the Carter K community. You will see our sign, New Testament Church of Ella J., and we are there. We have service at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. We start prayer somewhere around 10.30 and pray for the leadership and the working of the Spirit. We encourage everybody to come pray with us. We encourage you to pray for our nation, pray for leaders, pray for God to raise up labors into the harvest and pray for God to open this door to the Gentiles. If you would like to uh, write us, I encourage you to go to our website, and that is, we have a new website. It's got everything there on the website, man, I'll spell it out for you, M-A-N-S-E-N-T-F-R-O-M-G-O-D dot O-R-G, org. You can find everything you need there. Our mailing address is... P.O. Box 1618, Conyers, C-O-N-Y-E-R-S, Georgia. The zip code is 30012. We would greatly appreciate you helping us keep this broadcast on the air. I know it's making a difference. Make your contributions to World Revivals. It is a charity recognized by the government. It is a tax-deductible donation. I pray we see you again next week at the same time. May God bless you until then.